you, you, do you, should we start? Mm-hmm. Okay. Three, two, one. Do you want to sniff again? Yeah. This is like, this is an 80s, uh, 70s, 80s cocaine vibe we got going on here. Lots of sniffing. You still, you got, you have a cold. Three, two. How's it going, John? You're not supposed to say the two, right? You're supposed to be like, you're not you supposed countdown. to say the one, but that's the way they do it on podcasts when they forget it and leave it in because they're so used to redoing parts of the podcast because most podcasts mm-hmm. are made up. You, you're, you think you're only not supposed to say the one? I thought, uh, at least in television, you in don't television, say the two or we, the one. Um, I don't know about that. I know that in, in, in music, if it's four, mm-hmm. four time, you count in generally one, two, three, four. If it's in dancing, and this is important, John, because I know you've got a background in the dance. Mm-hmm, if you're dancing, right. it's almost always, I know this from Bob Fosse, five, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. So make the right joke, right? Okay, all right. Now, what I've seen <coughs> on things like TV, like in, uh, I want to say even in that thing you do, I think that whoever the producer person, like the person on the floor, they'll go, okay, starting and doing. They go, and, and this is not the bloops, you see, the, with, the, with, the, with the wipes, the radio yep, wipes. Yep. It, but it's when the person goes, five. Four and look, imagine my fingers. Can you see my fingers? Yeah, yeah exactly. And you're doing it the American way, not the German way. I'm not right? doing the German way. Um, they can, they can, the Vietnamese can smell the soap. Four, three, two. And um, then you go. I think you don't say the two. What would be useful for you here? Can I suggest five, six, seven, eight? Yeah, I mean that works. That's, okay, uh, so, so you you're ready? You ready to start the show? You can also do the Billy Joel one, which is you repeat the numbers one and two. One, two, one, two. Three, four. Yeah. The beginning oh, of oh, the no, beginning you're of matter like of trust. Springsteen. You're talking about like a one, two, one, two, three, four. Like that? Yeah. 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 That, well, oh, that's, uh, that's it's always been, a ma- always been a matter of trust. Uh, yeah. Bobby Jean and matter of trust. Do they have the same count in? I got to figure this out. Yeah. I saw, All I right. didn't send it to you, but I saw a funny thing about Billy Joel the other night. I know you don't like to laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched a really co- funny comedy thing where it starts out with the guy talking about how, how Billy Joel stopped writing songs when he turned 45, like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very funny thing on Peacock. What's this guy's name? Chris Fleming. It's very funny. Do you want to start the show? Are you ready? I am ready. <clears throat> Five, six, seven, eight. Shlemiel, Shlemazel. How do you spell those things? Haas and Shlemiel, Shlemazel, mm-hmm. Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're going to do sh- it. There's a there's shlemiels and shlemazels, and I never remember which is which. But in Yiddish, one is a person who's always spilling soup on other people, and the other one is a person who's always getting soup spilled on them. Haas hmm. and Pfeffer Incorporated sounds like some kind of a like a shell company for mm-hmm. well, you know, the Warriors. Do you we want some, to? Do, yeah, we have is this the show? This week we did. This Five, is the show. Six, seven, eight. Hello, John. It's Merlin. I figured out what the problem is. A. Didn't I do, wasn't I a good boy this week on the pre-flight? Sure. <laughs> good job. Go okay, star. so on this side over here, we've got the pre-flight, which apparently nobody's even allowed to know exists. And then on well, the other late. end, do, do you need me for this one? Yeah, go ahead. I'm allowed to interject. Go ahead. You're not allowed to interject. I was a good boy. Seven, eight. And, and so the, here's the thing. Here's the problem. So over here, you got the pre-flight, which we're not allowed to even acknowledge. Over here, somehow a show happens pretty much only because I'm the one trying to make something that's professional with you. Incorrect. And I figured out what the problem is. Now, okay. if we did a pre-flight, 
you know how we take a break sometimes? Well, usually mm-hmm. take a break between the main episode and the member episode. Mm-hmm. This is one of those weeks. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. Um, I think the problem is we don't we don't have a think about an arrival that that movie where you think uh, Amy Adams was a monster. You got mm-hmm. a decontamination area where you think mm-hmm. about on uh, I think they do this in Alien. It's a pretty big plot point in uh, the 1979 movie Alien. Mm-hmm. You got to come in. You got the airlock right. But like, you, there's almost always like a decontamination area where you go in and you get sprayed with chemical hoses and, and space lasers, and then you're allowed to join your fellow uh, shipmates on the cargo ship. But mm-hmm. outside is the pre-flight. We don't even know if that exists. In space, no one can hear you prepare. Over here, we've got the program where I p- carry you like a baby. What we need, we need Incorrect. an area. We need an three, six. <laughs> <laughs> do, do prime numbers. Do only primes. One. Three, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen, seventeen. I don't know anymore after that. That's fine. That's all. I think that's all of them. Yeah, a lot of those now have been bundled into subprime tranches. Exactly. Okay, never mind. Forget it. It's not a bit. I don't. I don't care. I so think we should do warm ups. I think we should do warm ups, and I think we should do we should do the pre flight at a time apart from when we do the program. And then I think what we do is we do our own post flight and pre show. But mm. that's where we do warm ups. We do improv exercises. You and I no. could do. We could turn on. We could turn on Zoom and do like mirroring things and help us just loosen up. I thought you said we were going to have a break between the things, not do a bunch of exercises. Well, that's life. Life is the break title. <sighs> Come away with me this summer. Come away with me for the summer. Let's go upstate. That's right, right? Oh, wait. wait, wait, wait I know this. I know this. Uh, take a break. Right? Yeah. That's what oh, I was that's what the name saying. of the song. Okay. Take a break. Yeah. Take a break. I can't mm-hmm. even do Come Away With Me for the Summer. Let's go. You ever do that, by the way? If you ever try to sing I along do it with all. Hamilton? I'm the worst at all of it. Uh, you, you try to sing along with Hamilton, and you, you just come to the, the the flat realization that you can't say the words that fast? Forget about singing, anything like I that. I still don't know how. I mean, everybody in that show is so spectacular. I've said this for however many years now, but I don't know how he just even did my shot every night. Yeah. I mean, I, just, you, if you, you just had to do that at karaoke. You can't say the words. It's like the Micro Machine Man. You can't get the words. I can't get the words out of my mouth at that speed. I know. I know. They should do, Disney should do a slowed down karaoke for the, for, yeah. the, for the old folks. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Reconcilable Differences. It's a program with your pal, John Syracuse, and I'm his little monkey, Merlin Mann, and we do a program here. We visit with you, and uh, hopefully, uh, if you haven't heard the show before, it's a podcast. It's kind of like a radio show, but on the internet, and this one's got John Syracuse, and, and that's why people pay the big bucks. If you like the show and you would like to support it, you can go to relay.fm slash rd slash join. And one of the things we like to do, I don't want to belabor it, one of the things we like to do is uh, once a month, we do a little bit of extra stuff, pick a special topic for our beloved members to hear. Uh, we're not going to put it all behind a paywall. I think Marco decided that already, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so that's going to be one of these. Uh, John, um, now this would be later, and, and you have to be a member, but there's a link. There should, you should see a link. If I did the show notes right in two weeks, you should see a link where you can go and get uh, nearly instantaneous access to every after show we've ever done, commercial-free versions of or ad-free, however you look at it, uh, versions. Plus, uh, specials from other programs on the Relay FM network. Oh, I did one of those specials recently, actually. I, I got did you do the AMA? Yeah, the, I'm on, doing the that crossover, on the crossover feed. It's the same feed. It's a members-only feed. Do you find yourself Relay. scared of uh, Mrs. Unicorn? Is the, do you find her intimidating? No, not at all. Me neither. She's she's a delight. Uh, anyway, she did a thing I didn't where say she you, wasn't a delight, John. I think that was a mischaracterization. Yeah. Uh, Seven, eight. AMA, which is ask me anything, I mm-hmm. guess. 
Right. And I got asked a bunch of questions. Uh, one of them actually covered a topic that we're going to cover here. But if you want to hear that interview with me or any of the special episodes that we've done over the many years on this program and the after show that we have once a month in this program, become a member at relay.fm slash RD slash join. Right. And like, you know, we'll probably end up, there's a lot of stuff you probably won't hear. We'll ask Jim to cut out a lot of the stuff where, where John was unkind to me. If we cut out all of it, then we wouldn't have a program. But uh, this is one of those weeks. And uh, John, would you please share with our listeners at least what the straw man plan is for what we'll talk about in our very special member episode? This is some, uh, some would say archaeology, some would say necromancy, uh, document necromancy. We pulled something from the document that's got to be, what, three years, years old? At least two years. Two, yeah. At least two years, maybe three years old. I, I remember the typing after- it during, an, during an episode, you said something that unlocked a door and I just tap, tap, tap this really, this dumb sentence that I think is actually kind of an interesting idea. And, and what's that interesting idea? Is John a secret Buddhist? Is, mm, have a iced tea. Is John a secret Buddhist? And I, I have prepared for this only a little bit, but I mainly wanted a wide ranging discussion about, uh, no spoilers, but interesting ways in which your apparent approach to this thing we call life is somewhat aligned with some practices of aspects of Buddhism. I think really it's beloved. We're gathered here together. Why are my popping up song lyrics today? I don't know what's going on. Because you like my podcast and you think it's funny to sing. Mm-hmm. Funny love how? It. Like I'm funny. a clown? I amuse you? No more shine box. Make you laugh? Are you going to talk about Godfather 2 with Roderick and me? I mean, I suppose so. Sure. Don't you think it should happen? Uh, probably. I don't know if you listened to this week's episode, but it was a lot of fun. Little anarchic. And I think it had maybe a record setting number of Godfather references. Probably so close in terms I of the I think I'm... I, let me see how far I am in it. I think I started it today and I did hear. Did you get to John contesting his suspension? I suspended the sentence. That's suspended the sentence. Yes. All right. That's right. I yeah, think you're a little, little racist, but it's fine. I'm your Italian friend. You can say, I, had, I have an Italian friend. I know I have a photo of myself with you. I'm pointing at you and, and, and smiling broadly. Say, my Italian friend. I'm allowed to say, suspended the sentence. Suspended a sentence. She was beautiful. Do you believe in America, John? It's a, it's a different scene. You can't combine them. Sure, I can. Look what they did to my boy. Those men would be suffering right now, Merlin. All right. Uh, <laughs> follow up. As follow is the up. tradition here on John's program, we'd like to begin with a copyrighted feature of John Syracuse. John Syracuse, copyright 2010, follow up. Tile guy. Tile guy. Following the saga of John trying to get anybody to reliably do anything professional to his house. Yeah. When last we spoke, the tile guy hadn't gotten back to me. I chased him down in the two weeks since then. And eventually got him <laughs> to say, "Just for oh, what it's worth, I'm sorry. I'll st- I'm gonna mute after this." Billy and I have been watching a lot of things with Harrison Ford in it. We mm-hmm. we went through a whole Indiana Jones thing a couple weeks ago. We watched well <laughs> two of those. Uh, we've been watching a lot of the Star Star Warses. Um, I've tried to force feed a little bit of Blade Runner, but Witness you- Mosquito Coast. No, no. See, I don't think he's ready for that yet. Okay. That's right. that's ones where he has glasses. Those are different. Yeah. But do, do, do you know that I just, I guess maybe I've always known this, but there's a funny, amusing, entertaining way. Because, you know, Harrison Ford in the movies I love is usually kind of, he's not the strong guy. Like he gets beat up by a robot, a couple robots in Blade Runner. You know, they, they hurt his fingers. And like he's kind of he's, he's kind of back on his heels sometimes running down hallways. He, he was he was a Bruce Willis in Die Hard before Bruce Willis in Die Hard. That's true. It's absolutely true. You got to make little fists with your toes. Mm-hmm. But but you, have you ever noticed there's like a certain kind of un- unusual like entertaining? Not, I'm not trying to make fun of the guy, but mm-hmm. there's a comical way that Harrison Ford runs. The first time I ever remember <laughs> seeing it was when he kind of comes over a hill in um, 
Raiders of the Lost Ark where there's a shot and yeah, like you see yeah. him he's, coming. He's, he's got his head down. And he's, and he's, he's got no. Forward. Do this. Do this. Pull your shoulders way back. Yes. That's yeah. the that's the critical part of the Harrison Ford run to mm-hmm. make it comical. You have to pull your shoulders way back, and then you you kind of. <laughs> It's not exactly like a Tom Cruise posture at all. He kind of just flaps his arms. When you say you chase the tile guy, I'm so sorry to share with you that now all I can see is you in your gawky frame with your rugby shirt running down the streets of Massachusetts. Tile should man! Be, should, should, be doing, should be doing the hand wave that's trying to tell the plane to take off to start the engine when he's coming. Yeah. At, at the beginning of Raiders. Yeah. That's the co-pilot. Anyway, I did get back in touch with him, and uh, what he told me is, oh, pr- maybe probably Tuesday or Wednesday, not sure which. Five, ten but, minutes. You no, know, no, he said Wednesday or Thursday, not sure which, but probably went, then eventually came back to me, yeah, probably Wednesday, but I'll text you on Tuesday morning to confirm. Today is Tuesday. He did not text. So I will be chasing him down tomorrow to say, hey, you said you texted me on Tuesday morning, but then you didn't. How are you doing? <sighs> Can I ask you a anyway, question about this? It. Because it... Uh, kidding aside, this is something I feel like we both are not always, at least I'll speak for myself. I'm not sure how to navigate this when I deal with people. Let's just even restrict it to nominally professional tradespeople. So like, but when you call him up and you finally sort of speak to him, let's set aside any kind of a voicemail he probably didn't listen to. So the way you just described that was, Hey, you're supposed to text me this morning and you didn't, where are we with that? See, like my personality usually is I act like they've never done anything wrong. And I oh, just I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it in those words. That's what I'm, I'm going to, no, 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 I don't mean in a mean way, but do you, is it, a, does it, how, what part of your process, is it part of your process to be able to identify to people to sort of, sort of create an existential paper trail about how this has been going? No, there's no, that's not useful to me at all. There's no benefit. I, there's really no benefit. I, I need to do whatever it takes to get the person to come and do the thing. Yeah, you're the hunter. That's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no judge or jury or is going to award me being right points for showing that the person didn't say do what they were going to say they were going to do. <laughs> Not yet anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <sighs> next update and this was on the AMA if you want to hear, but obviously I'll go into a little bit more detail here because this is the origin of this entire thing. I put it as fridge update, but we know it's not the fridge, right? We know it's the freezer. It's the fruit is the freezer in in the finish room. Yeah, the multi it was never in the finished room. The multi-year saga. It's in the car, of, car park of my freezer. I guess it started with preparing the way that very uh, long ago classic episode from how. Sounds like an Elena Ferrante book. Yeah, I gotta write that in here. So don't forget to do it. Anyway, I have uh, a, a <laughs> upright preparing. The way. Yeah, because I know what to put a link to. Uh, we have, I have an upright freezer. It's just all freezer. Just one giant door, and it's all freezer. And my wife is a bit of a pack rat. Mm-hmm. Likes to have a lot of frozen food. Um, plus, we make the pasta sauce, and we freeze it in individual meal-sized portions, so it's good to have a lot of room for that. I'd always imagine that being a chest cooler, but I was, I was intrigued to learn that it's actually the form factor of a normal uh, household refrigerator, but, but all freezer. That's right. Um, and I, we had a whole podcast about that being arriving and it was there and then it started making a beeping noise and we had a bunch of podcasts where I couldn't figure out what the beeping, what was making the beeping noise turned out to be the freezer. Then I thought the freezer was going to, you know, it's on its way out because it's beeping and rebooting itself and stuff. So I better get a new one before the old one dies. So we did get a new one, but then the new one didn't work. So we returned the new one. But then by that point, the old one was in the garage because it was on its way out of the house and it stayed in that garage to leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. It stayed in the garage for. A year, two years. I don't know how long it was in that garage, that quote unquote temporary because it was on its way out. But then once we had to return the new one because it didn't work, I like, well, like, you know, we're waiting to see would the one in the garage die? Like, because it was making the beeping. You don't want all that gravy to go bad. Yeah, it was making that beeping and I couldn't find a new one to buy to replace it. Like, we got a refund on the one that we returned. Was that the, I'm sorry, was it the compressor? What was it? It was something with the, 
It was it was some kind of a caution about the. It, it was it? erroneous beeping. Like the, it beeps if you plug take <laughs> if you plug it take it out of the wall and you plug it in, it makes that chime. It's like the boot chime of the circuit board that's inside it. Okay. But as far as we can tell, over the course of the many years, nothing is wrong with it. It's no, a, there's it nothing cool. to be done. Yeah. It, it it yes, the circuitry reboots inside of it. People have theories about why that is. There's a whole web forum where people talk about it over and over again. Um, but when it does that it's harmless like it it maintains temperature we have a thermometer in there it's got a you know we, we've it's got a high temperature alarm or whatever that never goes off um so it's fine like it keeps things frozen it just every once in a while basically every time the compressor cycle ends which i'm guessing you love it plays a little song so that's why it was banished to the garage the good thing about being in the garage is we didn't really hear the beep as much because it's you know off in the garage you can still hear it a little bit but anyway so we left it there and it was like, what are we going to do? Are we going to buy a new one to go in the basement and then finally get rid of that one? Or are we going to bring that one back to the basement? And I was like, well, we can't bring it back to the basement. It's still beeping. Yeah. And you'd be, able point, to, you'd be able to really hear that. Yes. And it is very, it is very annoying to, to hear. It's kind of, it's kind of like the jingle people's like washing machines make or dishwashers yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Like the, the Samsung jingle or whatever. But really loud and not a good song. Anyway. Uh, and so this has been this terrible situation that of it sucks. being in the garage for a long time. And I finally came to a head and I, I was, here's what I decided. Yeah. I decided after years of looking that, cause I would look to see, can I buy something that's better than this? And the answer is no, I can buy the one that I bought that ended up being broken, which is made by GE or branded by GE. And you can find it. in I think insignia uh, does a rebrand of it. There's a bunch of, a bunch of different uh, freezers. You can see that are basically that model that we got that was broken. And not the saying that every single one of those is broken, but I got one and it didn't work. And I'm kind of soured in that model. I was like that with hard drives. If we got to run about four yeah. bad lessees in the same load, I'd be like, mm, I'm not so sure. But the, my other option is I can get the exact same freezer I have now because they still make it. Huh. Does, it. does it still have the beeping problem? I don't know. And they make it under many different brands. And you can look at it. Eventually, you look at these things and you realize that's my freezer. I know it's a quote unquote a different brand name. Oh, and there's right. one more. Danby. D-A-N-B-Y. It's, it's, it's not quite like mattresses, but there is a feeling of there's yes. some kind of white label thing going on. Exactly. And Danby is the third one that I'd never I'd never heard of. And I was like, I'm not going to buy that. I don't trust it. Right. Plus, it costs money. It's expensive. Right. Well, it's a lot to throw at an experiment where so far the results have not gone great. And I'm personally not, I'm at a point in life where I'm not one of those people. I'm just, it's like those people who are like, well, if it doesn't work out, you can sue them. I'm like, that's a strategy. Like if it doesn't work out, you can, it's covered by warranty. And you're like, oh yeah, here's me for like a month on the phone with somebody going, there's an erratic occasional beeping sound that is driving me insane. It's happened with the other one too. How do we fix that? And they're like, well, but it still freezes, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a known, it's a known problem. If you look for it on the internet, if, you, if I give you my model number and you Google for it, you will find many, If you send many, a feedback, many, let me know and I'll dupe it. Just many, many, many people with this problem, right? And that's why I know all this extensive research about, oh, you, if, you, if you buy this kid and replace this board and do this thing and do that, and it's just, nope, 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 oh, nope. Geez, you poor Over kid. the years, you see all those people coming back and saying, I thought I'd fixed it and I hadn't or whatever. So here's what I decided. I'm not getting a new one. It's too expensive. I don't know what to buy. Therefore, I should move the one in the garage back down into the basement. So how do I deal with the beeping? What solution do I have there? At the very tail end of the, the main thread that I'm following in the main forum where I first uh, read about this, yeah, a new solution has emerged from the various people who are fed up with this over the course of the years. <laughs> mm -hmm. Can you guess what that solution is? I'm guessing it's going to be a reckon. And I guess I'm going to guess it either involves something kind of insane that might require a soldering iron or, uh, you know, like like Tommy used to say, you just put black tape over the check engine light. Is it something that involves just doing uh, some kind of sound baffling that keeps it from making the noise or is it a solder iron situation? 
So people did try the solder iron, soldering iron once. It was like, oh, if you just disconnect this wire from here and reroute this to there and do this, because people are like, oh, the electricity in this wire gets picked up by that wire that causes it to reboot. Like people are diagnosing and they think they know what the problem is. And they're like, oh, if you shorten this up and solder this, and there's no way in hell I've, I was I've doing been that any guy. Stuff. I've been that guy a lot. There's no way in hell I was doing any soldering, especially since none of those people sort of like confirmed that that really did fix it and not just that they thought it fixed it. But your second uh, idea was exactly right. Uh, cut the wires to the speaker. And I talked oh about this in the past. Oh my God, that's Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, I've talked about this oh in the past. God, why don't, well, years ago, I said, why don't I just cut the wires to the speaker? And there was a reason. And the reason was, if you cut the wires to the speaker, that's the same speaker that has like the low temperature door open alarm. Right. So you'll never hear that. And that's one of the main features of this fridge is like, oh, the kids leave it open. But if they leave it open, we'll hear eventually from the very loud speaker, the, you know, the and, alarm. And the thing says, you've got inside, I wonder if it's like the one I've got. We've got... I've got a readout, like a L L C D readout on the on the fridge, and then it's got two modules, one for the freezer, one for the fridge, and you can set alarms. Is it kind of like that? Aftermarket less, solution it, for putting it in. It's inside. less sophisticated. It's got three levels, low, medium, and high, and it's got a okay. well, and it's got the the you know low temperature alarm that will sound if a kid leaves the door open, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my kids are older now. One of them is away at college. And I decided that if I really care about, and by the way, we haven't heard the low temperature alarm in years. And and how years. often does your daughter, how often is she the one that goes down to get the gravy? Exactly. Like in practice, I haven't heard the low temperature alarm in many, many years. Right. 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 And on top of that, I have learned from watching the, you, you watched Technology Connections video, right? Remember when he was doing the thing with the Love fridge that. where he had like mm-hmm. the temperature sensing that was, thing? With, like, I think I specifically, I knew you'd see it, but I uh-huh. specifically sent that to you because the way that he, uh, we should put that in notes because that's a really mm-hmm. fun episode about like how, on the one hand, how sophisticated some of these machines are, but on the other hand, how, inc- how incredibly, I don't want to be unkind, but simple they are. And you're like, well, wait a minute, that's how you decide what the temperature is. <laughs> that's not what I would have done. <laughs> well, or in this case, bad, how, how you decide badly. Um, yeah. So anyway, he was using things that you can put in the fridge that like sort of connect through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or whatever and tell you what the temperature is. John, I, I bought one. Yeah. The little, the little thing with the cap that you put in your of freezer. Course you, I mean, it's like you need to know your, your, uh, relative humidity and temperature and everything. And of course, 49%, you need 72 degrees Fahrenheit right yeah. now. Um, so, so if I really, I totally, bought, I totally bought one of those because of that video. I, I'm sure you did. I mean, it makes You can sense. have it do by minute, by hour, by whatever, and it shows and you, you, you the spikes. You get graphs. You get graphs out of it. And the graphs, yeah. and, and, and I, do you know his name? Uh, do not. I've been giving him money. Maybe Alex. Maybe. I've been giving him money for a really long time, and I don't know his name. I but I don't Alex. need to know his name. His The way that he determines, like, oh, this is Remember, like, this is bad. This should not be getting this warm. And mm-hmm. then he shoots the thermal gun at it. Oh, my God. It's nerd heaven. It's so cool. But yep. now I feel you. It's a perfect home for 60-degree milk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Instacart. Yeah. Ding, so ding. those little turdy devices exist that you can stick in your fridge that will essentially let you know through the magic of it, the it, internet. It, to, to all appearances, you know. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a USB key with a, a cheap little LCD readout that you mainly just plug into your machine and it just sucks down that data and then you put it back in. That's it. Yeah, I mean, again, they have ones that communicate through Wi-Fi somehow out of the fridge. So you can get yeah, an alarm. Costly, on, you, can, yeah. you can get an alarm on your phone. To, when you're, so if I really care about that, I can add it in. Uh, but I know if I cut the speaker, I'm not going to hear that beeping anymore. So you're on the horns of a dilemma now. But also, can I just give you, uh, you know, ten points to to Syracuse door? Is like you I take popping up two levels. This is really at a Merlin at a Merlin at his best moment of you going. Wait a minute. Well, the thing that I've my priors about this are about not wanting the freezer to be left open and I lose my gravy. 
right? And then you go like, well, wait a minute, this problem that I was trying to solve or thought I was trying to solve a long time ago, is that still relevant? You just saved yourself so much trouble with that. Yeah. And not only is it still relevant, but if it actually is still relevant, I have an alternate solution if I want to. Right. Right. So I went into the garage, opened up the back of this thing, found the wire, cut it. By the way, one fun thing that I found in the back of the, uh, the freezer when I was in there doing that, in the giant forum thread that I'm reading, people are like, do you have a wiring diagram for this? And I had a repair guy come and he's like, I don't understand why there's not a wiring diagram for this fridge. There's wiring diagrams for a similar fridge and we can probably use that. But why is there no wiring diagram on the website for the manufacturer or whatever? You know, like a repair person was saying it's weird that there's no wiring. Even diagram. if it's not user serviceable, even if it's like a warranty voiding thing, somebody has to know how to. Yeah, the repair guy, the repair guy was it's saying like, it's, it's like weird. You need like you a know. Chilton book for your refrigerator. Yeah, he's che- the repair guy is checking his like you know, where repair guys get their wiring diary. And he's like, there's no one for this model. So that's weird. Hmm. Anyway, I open up the back of my freezer and I'm rooting around in there trying to find the, uh, the speaker cable to cut. And they're wadded up, folded over like a tiny little bundle of paper and taped to the inside of the frame <gasps> was the wiring diagram. That's so interesting. I just recently discovered <laughs> because I was cleaning out under the fridge and trying to improve its, like our, don't get me started on our freezer, but like I was, I was trying to like uh, do all the things that you do, you know, clean all of the things. You want to so, get a fan and, and point it at your compressor. That's what you want to do. You get a little fan, you put it in there. I, I've thought about it now. No, but it's funny under the fridge, you know, you take off the kick plate or whatever it's I, called. I, I know you're talking about the uh, technology connections video and making the joke about him having the fans, but I'm serious. Fans outside your fridge pointing at the compressor to cool it if it's overheating. And the compressor is down in that under area. Yeah, it's outside the fridge. It's a it's a gigantic hot. So black if I got like ball. the kind of thing that people get for a gaming PC. Yep. And then do I just hook that up to like a like a six volt or something? Like what? Do you yeah. So obviously to? this is where the soldering comes in, or you can oh, just okay. get one that plugs into the wall. And then mm, I just get a portable. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not interesting. But I, when I was cleaning under there, I was like, huh, what's this? And I noticed, you know, like when you get an appliance and it's got that plastic thing usually it's like your here's your energy usage for mm-hmm. there's a, a, a booklet or something yep, yep. there was a booklet in a plastic bag under our refrigerator that nobody had ever opened yeah it came with the fridge i don't think it wasn't the manual i've got the manual of course i'm not a monster. it was the energy star uses as much energy per year as a little uh, you know what i'm chart. gonna tonight i'm gonna i'm gonna find out for you okay so all right you're growing as a person you're even as you're slightly shrinking as a household and so, th- what was the one that was in the finish room before? Is it the old freezer? No, they, they, no, they, nothing was ever in. They passed through the finish room. We'll get to that in a second. But anyway, I opened up the back of this thing. I cut the speaker wire. I, mean, I, I, cap- I speak for the listener, John. Not everybody follows. All yeah, I, I capped off the speak the cut speaker wire. I was going to ask you that. Did you do the thing where you screw on the little red thing with the with the? Yeah, yeah. Thing I mean, I, I don't think it need. I, I put electrical tape on a wiring nut, and it's I'd all sleep better up. knowing it's done right. Yeah. Anyway, it's all it's all sealed off. Uh, that speaker's not going to be making any more noise. Uh, the thing's working fine. But then, of course, I got to get everything out of the freezer, put it into a bunch of coolers and the and the freezer in the kitchen. Uh, and then I did this before my son, or before I brought my son back to college. I had him help me carry because he helped me carry the freezer up. He had to help me carry it back down. That involves opening up the bulkhead, cleaning out all the scary spiders. We did have a, one of those scary like uh, you see. I see them in videos of the Japanese countryside. The big, long, like. I don't know, millipede, centipede things. The one with the really long, lots of the really long legs. You know those ones? What, what kind of coloration? Brown. Uh, is, it fuzz, is it fuzzy? Not fuzzy, but like long. No, no, and, no, no, no. The legs are enough. Legs. Like that's that's horrible. Yeah, it was scary. Anyway, I had a shop vac. I vacuumed that sucker up. I vacuumed a bunch of crap up. Anyway, 
open that up, move everything in the finished room so we have a clear path because the bulkhead comes down into the finished room and then leaves and then goes to where it's going to go. So we carry that thing down. Carrying it back down to the basement was way easier than carrying it out of the basement thanks to the gravity. So Are you using the straps, John? I am using the straps. You bet your ass I'm using the straps. <laughs> lifting straps. Uh-huh. The lifting Lift. straps, not not yeah. the yellow hand cart. But Although this is I the... have to say, like, yeah. it was, there was a question we were going down the bulkhead, which is just about one inch. Uh, there's one inch clearance on either side of this thing to get this freezer down in. Obviously, we have the door already taken off. I, I went to military school, and I've been on planes, so I know the bulkhead is Navy word for wall. Are you talking about the something having to do with the bulkhead of the appliance? You don't know, maybe this is a New England term type basement bulkhead. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, it's one of your things again. Yeah. Also, I just want to point yeah, out that, also, Is that a New England thing? When you did when you did basement bulkhead search and you saw what it was, you know what that is, right? I feel like this happened once before, maybe with preparing the way, with like having to fit through an area. And if you yeah. seriously, like joking aside, again, joking is back, but now it's leaving for a second. Really go listen to that. It's one of John's, it's one of the great, like it's up there with the wrong guy. Preparing the way is a very good episode of this program. But I feel like it had to do with trying to fit it through. So, oh no, no! Wait, you told me about this. It's not the cellar door, but it's it's like it's like the it's like Judy Garland's doors in, in Wizard of Oz. Kind of, you got to like. I do remember now. You have to navigate through that thing, right? Is that it? Yeah. There's another. After you get through the bulkhead, there's a door at the bottom of the bulkhead, and then you're in the finished room. And, and you, you had a French door room. at one point. I remember. Paint me no, like your French doors. No French door. And then no French and then, door. And then to get out of the finish room, you have to pass through another doorway. Anyway, yeah. this 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 freezer had come out, so I know it could go back in. Uh, but there was a question we were going mm-hmm. back in. Should we use the lifting straps for the trip down the stairs? For people who don't know, a bulkhead is like two angled doors that you open up and they a, a staircase is below them. You might see well, it. If, I mean, like, don't, don't treat me like a child. It, it, when when somebody in a movie, like when, when the Simpsons, Simpsons need to go into a cellar. Or, or like, I don't know, what do they do in Wizard of Oz? When they're that's what to, I just said. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, okay. that's what I'm calling a ball. The question right? becomes okay. That question becomes then: Are the straps going to be good? See, I also worry though because now you're attached to a heavy appliance, and if one of you goes mm-hmm. a little tits up with your with your maneuver, you you might you might I would, forgive my saying you might kill your son. Plus, it's very uneven. Like one person is down the stairs, and one person is up the stairs. So you have to anyway. I was down the stairs. I'm I'm a good parent sacrificing so myself. Hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If things get if things gonna fall and crush somebody, it'll crush me, and my son will be alive up top. Good for you. College is expensive. Yeah. So I'm maybe the life insurance money will help pay for it after I'm dead. Um, <laughs> so I'm down there and we did have the straps. That turned out to be a big, big a mistake. Porsche. Turned out to be a big mistake because just the oh, lengths boy. didn't work out. And so I had to uh, extract myself from the straps mid carry, which was not easy. And I probably dislocated something. You're going to be using the thing is, it, was, it seems to me, and I'm just making this up, but one of the benefits of these straps and you again, go back and listen to that episode. You explain them, I think, quite well. A benefit, how can I put this? You know the thing people say, hey, lift with your your legs, not your back? Mm-hmm. I, I, or like the way I always think about it is the way that twice a year I would go roller skating as a kid, my taint would be in horrible pain afterward. <laughs> because you're forcing, there's this part of your body that has a very specific use as a fine to medium I don't know if this will make sense. You can help me explain this. But as, I, as a I thought fine, it was because you kept falling on your butt when you were roller skating, but I guess not. No, I have no butt. It was Ohio. But but the thing is, like, when you try to use one of the ways we hurt ourselves is when we usually unintentionally use what I'm going to call a small, fine, specific use. Like, I would not use the area between, like, my thumb and forefinger 
to like lift a car. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like those things. And that's why you hurt your hurt your back so bad if you use that, if you get your center of gravity off, right? Um, that's that stuff can be can be real hard. And you trying to extricate yourself from these straps whilst I assume keeping it from rolling down the steps and falling on you, you're gonna keep, end up keeping using, it in the keeping it in the air. Forget about coming down the steps. You're gonna be, to be using muscles. The, the straps benefit you by using these big muscle groups and you sort of better utilizing those but it's not it's not a it's not a way to like to, to work your tank yeah but eventually the straps were just like you know pinching my torso you know and shoving me against the side of the anyway we yeah, got it yeah, back yeah. down we put it back in place back in its old home i actually pushed it a little bit farther <sighs> away from good. the wall i uh i tried to spray for the mildew that sometimes forms above it to preemptively deal with that anyway it's back in its old home it's not in the garage anymore i swept out the garage there's still a lot of junk in the garage because you know, junk accumulates junk. And once the freezer was in there, it was like, it was a free-for-all. It was like, well, we're definitely not fitting the car in here now. So this now why, everything... This is why Dennis says nothing ever goes on the counter. Like, once yeah. you start putting stuff there, once, yeah, stuff... once the one thing's there, it finds yeah. friends. So anyway, it's, the it's, freezer's it's gone. Attractive, uh, an attractive uh, kipple area. Yeah, so I got I got rid of the freezer. There's still a bunch of junk in, in the uh, in the garage. Is Maybe your gravy you'll... okay for now? Uh, we uh, That's the good thing. We had just used our last container of it. Right. Good. So, but but yeah, everything was in coolers and uh, with ice packs, and then we put it back in when everything's back in. So that is is not the end of the freezer saga, but this thing could still be trash at any moment. But I feel like it is a good stopping point for the freezer absolutely. saga. Absolutely, yeah. And absolutely. It, again, if you go back, I got to see how long ago I was preparing the way. This has been going on for a while. Let's see how our Google, how's our Google juice? Oh, I don't know. Oh, you're saying you're gonna you're not even gonna do the site colon? Preparing the way, reconcilable differences. I'm gonna say two and a half years uh 2019 april 17 2019 no kidding john that's more than i thought i know that's what i'm I saying i would have blamed it on covid yeah so this is uh, a a four-year saga four-year saga of the freezer coming to a stopping point then and what is that stopping point the freezer that i eventually prepared the way for and ejected and sent into the garage for a few years of banishment is back where it started okay so b we're probably gonna have to knock off a lot of these topics because we have so many good topics to talk about and don't mm -hmm. have time but a you said something a really long time ago that was, was not directly up my alley or you know oh wait no preparing the preparing the way was about the refrigerator not the freezer sorry my bad oh that, my no bad. but that's the good one that's what people yeah it is it, it is the good one you should listen to it but there that was about preparing the way for my refrigerator which is much much larger and had to go into the house oh that the, was a whole thing the freezer i don't remember the year span on that no no that it, was probably a year or two ago but you know you said something a long time ago about how you know you like honda accords and you like to have a manual transmission I don't remember the exact details, but you said something that really resonated with me, even though it was a little outside of my own actual interest, that I would summarize as, look, there's a kind of car that I want, and there's certain features I want it to have, but the trim package or the whatever, the options, the get me what I want, also give me stuff that I absolutely don't want. So if I want the nice interior, you know what I mean? Like, can I get a stick shift on this? Do I get this option? And I run into that all the time. I'm running into it with our fridge, which we're trying to replace right now. We're so limited by the footprint of like what can, mm -hmm. the, the three dimensions that can yeah, accommodate yeah. a refrigerator. And the thing is, we are right at the edge where there's one, ugh, not very nice refrigerator that would work. Well, because we also want the, the, whatever it's called, the freezer on the bottom thing. And like, there's only one that will do that. And I am so arguably, I think because there's only one, like you go to Best Buy and you like, you know, winnow down the options by volume and all that stuff. And it's like, you are kind of stuck with exactly one. So on the one hand, my brain goes, oh, that's cool. 
all we need is $800 in a weekend and we can have a refrigerator. There's another part of me then that goes like, oh, that makes me all the more want to like make sure it's exactly the trim package that makes sure I have a manual. But, but you have no choice. Like that's that's what it it it, uh, it laughs in the face of my normal like shopping. Let me do research and find the best one. I did that for my original dishwasher. Like let me do all this research, subscribe to Consumer Reports, do all the searching online, watch all the reviews, find yeah, the yeah, very yeah. best dishwasher. And that was before I found out, guess what? That's not how you shop for dishwasher for your house. For your house, the only thing you care about is height and no other spec matters. So just oh forget about God. all your stupid research about which one is quieter or does a good job or is reliable. Nope. You just care about one spec. Height. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if you want a refrigerator, like you could get the jokey technology connections refrigerator. That is such a funny refrigerator that he got for his. And what, what had happened? Something had happened and he would need a place to put. It was like a temporary fridge. While temporary fridge. Yeah, but I mean, it really is like, it's it's like, um to me, like, I don't know why this sounds disparaging, but it seems like like a joke refrigerator somebody would have in an Airbnb that's a little too cute. But it's really just, it. when I say a glorified dorm fridge, like, I don't think it's even as good as like my Costco dorm fridge. No, it's not, uh, it's not very good, but yeah. it's inexpensive. But yeah, you feel me on that though, right? It's frustrating sometimes to feel like, like, yeah. I know I'm not rich if i were rich i'd own a house and if i owned a house i guess it would be big enough that i could put any kind of refrigerator in it theoretically mm-hmm. but like you know we looked at hey, a baby. i own a house and it's not big enough to fit a dishwasher because we have three layers of flooring in the kitchen yeah your floor has a lot of problems and that, that's why that's by, by the way that's why i need for the people listening who haven't heard the past episode i need a short dishwasher because i have three layers of flooring one laid over the other <laughs> They go underneath where the dishwasher you goes. You can't and that, remove that area. It's going to be covered by a dishwasher. But see, the floor is that height. So the opening, the aperture through which it must pass. No, there's no floor mm-hmm. in the little cubby where the thing goes. But mm-hmm. to get it into the cubby, you have the counter mm-hmm. and then you have the floor. Mm-hmm. And yes, as soon as you pass underneath the countertop, the right. floor falls I away. I also have to send you the hesitation marks again from, from yeah, when they so had to I hack at our counter to make the refrigerator. I, I recall those, yes. Those and we talked, we talked about the same thing with the fridges because my thing is I didn't want a water feature on the fridge. Remember that? I it's know, impo- I know. It's impossible and don't put your milk on the door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's anyway, that's why the my shopping for dishwasher is like, I don't care anything about dishwasher. Just show me the height. And that's why I ended up this year with What do you do for uh, ice? You just make your own ice like a monster? Yeah, although my wife desperately wants an ice making machine, oh, like a separate ice standalone ice making machine. So she's going to end up getting that probably. I have the GE um, Oval. Uh, do you like it? Well, here's the thing. This is the best Christmas gift I ever got. Now, at this point, probably two, three years ago, uh, my family, technically my wife, got me a pretty costly like uh, ice machine for my office. And um, it makes, I think, three pounds an hour, something like that. It's pretty good. And it's that good ice. If you like pellet ice, a lot of people don't because it's mm-hmm. real soft and melts fast. But yeah. it's terrific. We liked it so much we gave it to Molly and Lula for their uh, for their wedding. And they love it. No, I don't, th- I don't think she wants pellet ice. But I, you know, I got to do research on that. And it's going to be another whole thing. But speaking of great gifts, I actually said that on what I think it was on AMA? The, the AMI. Did you hear mm-hmm. that? Talked no, about I don't, what- I don't think I'm subscribed to that. I don't know what that is. All I know is Mrs. Mrs. Unicorn asked me it's to do it. It's a crossover feed. Really, FM crossover. We'll put instructions. Why in do the they show put it. stuff there? It's so confusing. Yeah. Anyway, that's where it and is. And also, why do they always say the names of sponsors in the in the British way? Why do they use? Well, there's no there's no verb agreement in the way our, the people write our ads. You'll probably hear it this week where I say something like, you know, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, Bunbury and Dishman's are. That's what they what they do in the UK. In UK companies are plural, and uh, in America they're singular. I think it's a mic thing. I think it's because no, that's I think not, it's, it's the whole fault. the whole country says Apple. So you are think going Carrie to picked that up from Mike, or just from, Apple just from is, England? Yeah. Apple are yeah. Anyway, in that program, if you had heard it, I believe there I mentioned 
Uh, one of the best, I think I said, is probably one of the best gifts I've gotten in the past decade. Can you guess what it is? Is it a a dad style appliancey thing? It's a dad thing for sure. I don't know. It is a headlamp given to me by one Merlin man. Yeah. Did I get you the one with the three bumps on top? You look kind of like a, I don't know, like a Sam person or something. It's I, really good. Like once you start, well, like once you go in on the headlamp lifestyle, you're all, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of like, God, what was I doing before? If yeah, I, like when well, I need to so drill that, something that's, that's under my desk. Great, that's why it's such a great gift. Yeah. You didn't know you needed it. But I had no, I wouldn't, I never would have bought it for myself. It's not an expensive item, but I literally, yes. I n- it never would have occurred to me to buy it. Well, it's, it's, it, is a, it looks a little silly. And you're like, in my case, like I, I think I own every flashlight Marco has ever mentioned. I wanted to do a whole podcast at some point just about flashlights and folding knives and like, I get them all and, but it's great. But like in this instance, I mean, you think to yourself like, okay, what would it be good for? Well, it's good for doing things in the dark. Like if there's a blackout, obviously, right. It's good for stuff like we're in a weird space, especially a tight space where you don't want to put a flashlight in your mouth or mm-hmm. put it under your, the left side of your neck, like a cop or something like the, like the back of my TV, which is a known issue. Mm-hmm. Right. But, the thing is, you go, oh, wait, we've got flashlights. <laughs> we've got flashlights at home. Um, the But once you've got this thing on, you see so many uses. And like when you go camping next time, oh, my God. I see. I've never used it in a blackout. I've never used it camping. You know where I use it? Obviously, when I'm behind my TV because it's yeah, so sure, dark sure. and terrible back there. You like to work in the dark anyway because you're a mole person. Also, pretty much every time I clean when I vacuum. Oh, you start seeing things. Yeah, you I'm, put, on I'm, your good, I'm, put on your good glasses yeah. and you get on your headlamp and then you start get the tube part of the vacuum, the little tubey thing that you, right? And go yes. underneath your desk and you will find wonders that need to be vacuumed under there. There's a new Dyson that's got, I don't quite understand it, but I've heard good things. There's a new Dyson that has some kind of <laughs> like a laser sight on it or something. But apparently once you get a Dyson with this like super view thing, you're like, oh my God, what mm-hmm. monster have Is I been? Like, like a black light for, for dust? <laughs> It's like when Gordon Ramsay on, you know, Hotel Hell. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, like I get that sometimes where I'm like, I thought I did a good job with the crevice device, but uh, the crevice tool, but I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I love that phrase. So, that's, so, I, so anyway, I use that. Good all for time. you, man. Well, you, you know, you got the right attitude about it. Yeah. And I said like per- perfect gift because it's, it's something you, I never would have thought of. It's not even I would have oh, no. got to the point I'm where like, enjoyed oh, it. Oh, yeah. I could I could buy a headlamp, but I would be too embarrassed. No, I never even got to the phase where I even considered mm. it as a thing that humans could buy for themselves. How do you think I felt when I ordered a squatty potty? I thought to myself, <laughs> now look, I've seen this on I, TV. I know about squatty potties. Okay, but listen, I've seen this on TV. It really, this is, first of all, I'm not allowed to have it at the house. I mean, it's, a squatty potty, is, especially at your age, is a little bit of a thing that you're going to have to explain when you go to the ER. Or yeah, you slip at, the squatty at, potty. at my age, because I'm so much older than you. You um, are. Okay, I I would be afraid to, that I would fall off a squatty potty. That's my main fear you of the squatty seen potty. It, John, you're just raising your 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 legs and your. Feet. I know, but it seems like I could. You understand how the human body shaped? Yeah. It's like a game controller. It I needs to fit in your hand. I understand the concept and I agree with it, but I'm worried that I would fall. Off. You, do you have any concerns about intestinal kinks? Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> not that kind. Oh, where is uh where is Paul Saborn when we need him? That is the name <laughs> of my what cover band? Intestinal kinks. <laughs> what have you got? What have you got? Come on. He does these so well, and I can't do them because I don't know oh, band I names. I love Paul. I love him so much. You, you're not going to even attempt it? Intestinal Kinks is the name of my blank cover band. Oh, uh, Intestinal... What? I mean, like, not the Kinks. No, that's obviously not. Uh, it's going to have, have something to do with uh, Bowels? Uh, poo. Three Dog Night cover band? I don't know. That's tough. I don't know, man. You, you've gone past me. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's it's his area of expertise. I'll let me just I yeah. can write this down to remind myself. Ask yeah, do that. Paul. Yeah. Ask Paul. <laughs> I don't think he listens to the show, but I am a huge fan of his. Not that it's a problem. I know how to reach him. <laughs> I played with my kid one day, and it was really nice. One day when uh, people, people, you know, people used to come to San Francisco for things. And back there used to be Mac and Apple things here. And one day, uh, Billy and Mad and Paul and I went to that really cool park, kind of like near where the carousel is, near um, Moscone. And we had the best time. He's a very nice guy. I shouldn't out him as a nice guy, but he's a very mm-hmm. nice guy. Yeah. Makes good software too. I'm using it right now. We ha- we had him on the program on one of our member special episodes. If you don't know who we're talking about and why he's that? such a nice guy, yeah, I love he's, Paul. Was he on he, our show? Yeah, he was. He's not canceled, is he? No, not yet. We'll never cancel him. He's wonderful. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com/slash. Diffs. Friends, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful template, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything, whether that's your products, your services, or even the content that you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. With Squarespace, oh my God, you got to check this out. They've got this thing called uh, Fluid Engine. Fluid Engine, Squarespace's next-generation website design system. It'll unlock your creativity more easily than ever before. You can start as ever with a, a beautiful best-in-class website template and then customize every part of the design uh, with uh, dra- drag-and-drop technology, uh, desktop or mobile. And you can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. It's built and ready to go on any new Squarespace site. Of course, friends, you can sell your products at an online store. This used to be such a pain in the butt, forgive my saying, but you know whether you're selling physical or digital stuff, uh, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling it online. Uh, this has so much good new stuff. You can organize your content in what they call their asset library. You can upload, organize, and access all your content from one place. No more scrambling to find the right stuff. You can manage all your files from one central hub and, and use them across the Squarespace platform. It's not any news to y'all, but uh, I love Squarespace. It's where I have my personal websites. It's really the place that I send people who need any kind of place uh, of their own on the web. And really, they all need that. You can get a domain. You can get a site. It's, you know, Bob's your uncle. So so go right now, please. Go check out squarespace.com slash diffs. It's D-I-F-F-S. You go and you get a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, you go to squarespace.com slash diffs. And you're going to use that offer code diffs, D-I-F-F-S. And you're going to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Once again, squarespace.com slash diffs and that code diffs and 10% off your first purchase. And it really helps us. It helps little, little, little John, little John Syracuse. And, and it helps us even and probably smaller friend Merlin. Uh, we're grateful for your support. We're very grateful for the support of Squarespace, you know, for supporting reconcilable differences in all of Relay FM. <sighs> all right, you pick. All right, so let's I think see. we can skip more on AI. You beat me to death on oh, that. No, we're not I even did. done with follow up. Oh my god! I, that's what I said. I said it in the pre-flight. No, 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 no. It's fine, but like we already have a Casey on your show, mm-hmm. <clears throat> John. Um, we're hearing this document. What's <sighs> fridge? Oh shoot! Yeah, we got word word talk. Yeah, someone named Cobalt Blue wanted us to pointed us to a video about egg corns. I'm sure you know what egg corns are. I'd never heard, I'd, if I have heard that word, I'd forgotten it. But that's a wonderful word. And what yeah. is what is an example of an egg corn? 
Uh, an acorn, according to Wikipedia, is the alteration of a phrase through the mishearing or reinterpretation of one or more of its elements, creating a new phrase having a different meaning from the original, but which still makes sense and is plausible when used in the same context. Well, and which is, forgive my saying, somewhat viral in the sense that it gets when, that kind of error you talked about. Like, what were we talking about? You said there was an influence. Oh, yeah, you, this one. You said you, probably, you said this. You said uncharted territory. And I said, I hear uncharted territory all the time. Yeah, that's an acorn. Um, and acorn is itself an acorn of acorn. People saying acorn and thinking it was E-G-G-C-O-R-N. Technically, it's a recursive one. <clears throat> uh, you put Mondegreen in here, which is a similar uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, leave that one for me. Let me do Mondegreen. That okay. was my, my, my knowledge of something similar is from a wonderful wor- word called Mondegreen. Uh, this is from the Internet Science page. Mondegreen is a mishearing or misinterpretation of a phrase in a way that gives it a new meaning. And so here's where it comes from. It's spelled M-O-N-D-E-G-R-E-E-N. And you're going to, once you hear this, you're going to recognize, I'll give you a couple examples of these. The etymology comes from an essay from 1954. Uh, someone called Sylvia Wright described how as a young girl, uh, somebody used to read her a poem called The Bonnie Earl of O'Moray that goes like this. Um, she, here's how she heard it. Ye highlands and ye lowlands, oh, where have ye been? Um, they hae slain the Earl O'Moray. And Lady Mondegreen. And in fact, that last line is not, it doesn't go, they, they, they have. It's like Robert Burns. They hae slain the Earl of Moray and Lady Mondegreen. The correct line is, they hae slain the Earl of Moray and laid him on the green. Which is so good. Now here's one. Any chance anybody here has ever heard the Jimi Hendrix song? This is probably the most famous one, Purple Haze. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. I have so many of those. Now, it, that's similar, wouldn't you say? It is. It is very similar. I don't think it's as viral. I mean, I think I think the main difference between the two of them is I think acorns. I think, like you said, I think acorns can be more viral to the extent that certain acorns become, I think, correct in their own right. Whereas "Kiss This Guy" is never going to be correct because it's the lyrics to a song, right? And that there are there is an answer. But the yeah, one, yeah, so yeah. did you actually watch this video? They, they list a no, whole bunch no, of them no. in the video. But one of the ones that's is it in good? the thumbnail. Should I watch it? Yeah. Well, I okay. mean, there's just so many of them. But one of the one that's the one that's in the thumbnail is Buck Naked. B U C K, Buck, like a like an adult male deer, I guess. Buck Naked, which is a phrase in English for, mm-hmm. for yep, yep, being yep. extremely naked. And butt, <laughs> butt naked, B U T T. Naked, and I think butt naked has I been like such. Butt naked, it's wrong, but I like but, it. Well, no, but here's the thing: butt naked is an acorn, but it is so popular that I contend it is exactly as correct as buck naked now. Because because well, so correct. It's so I don't know used. where you come up with this kind of no, crap. it is. It's, it's not a matter evolves. of being correct, John. It's a matter of being widespread, which no, makes language it seem evolves, correct. And at a certain point, it language becomes is correct. a virus. Ooh, I'm a, I'm God, a descriptivist. Ugh, <laughs> it, you're the worst. It becomes this. correct. Everything gonna, we say can, is like can, that. Can I sing a little bit? Can I sing a couple more? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you know, you know, that's CCR song. Um, bum 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 bum. You think of it from American Werewolf, Bad Moon Rising. There's Fortunate Son, a bathroom uh, on the right. Which uh, I oh, is at the one Bad point Moon heard. Rising. Yep, yep. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. The girl with kaleidoscope by. <laughs> People don't know what a kaleidoscope is. Kaleidos. Also, the, you know, like the what's Eagles. What's the rest in, of it? What's the rest of it? Kaleidos. Oh, uh, silver what? flowers of yellow brain towering over your head. 
uh, a girl with kaleidoscope eyes, Lucy in the sky with time. Right, but they think they think it's kaleidos. The girl with kaleidoscope. That's what it sounded like. What about this? Sing me the line from Blinded by the Light without looking at the page. It sounds like he's saying. There's one where he says, uh, "Well, they'll see the man from man version." I think they say, "Wrapped up like a douche, another roar in the night." They say like "deuce, deuce," right? And then what Mr. Springsteen says is, I think he says, "Cut loose." Yes, like a douche. Loose, loose rhymes with deuce. It sounds like, well, Stephen Sondheim says you should only do completely straight rhymes. Don't do slant mm-hmm. rhymes. It's, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, I have so, so many of these, uh, and I think they're wonderful. I would also like to point out, uh, John, you can take off your headphones for a minute. Did you guys ever notice how, like, for years, John keeps referring to a part of his house as the Finnish room, like a room from Finland? <laughs> no, I'm saying finished. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought you took your headphones off. Uh-huh. Did you guys ever notice You're how... saying finish. I'm saying finished. Dawn. Yeah. Did you ever notice how John, for years, has just with, with a completely straight face... This is, of course, my, this is my dear friend, John. We've become friends over the years. I don't care for him, but we've become friends for professional reasons. But, you know, uh, for years, John has just like, like, like some kind of like hill person. John says the finish room, which sounds like a room that was brought here from Helsinki. And and now when I when I make that joke and which you don't acknowledge and I say mm-hmm. the finish room in a very clear Cincinnati voice, you then start going finish room. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, but the thing is, if you were right about the like room, a, is that a frictive? If, uh, like just 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 <laughs> recently now, where you said the finish room, you're talking about where the freezer you say the was. The finish room. That's if, what you said. If the freezer was actually in my finished room, I would have accepted you it. But it's not finished there. room. It's not in the room. Hey, it's Jim, in a different Jim, place. Roll the tape back. I, yeah, but see, the thing is, it's not in that room. Whatever you call it, it's not in that room. And Thanks, yes, Jim. I, I think that makes it a lot clearer. It's in I, a room I am, from a, I am a mumbler, and yes, it sounds like I'm saying I'm finished. <laughs> sounds like I'm saying finished, but I'm actually saying uh-huh. finished. And I think we've established your ability to hear the difference between words is not the best. Yeah. Did we tell Did we tell our audience about that? I don't think we, 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 that, had, we, we had an ATP one where Casey can't say the word fully. Right? And then I said, um, that, I is said it, is it, it worth Is it worth mentioning the exercise that you put our family through? A couple weeks ago, um, here's okay. So oh, the prologue. I didn't, I didn't do this. You put your own family through it. I'm going to close me into with, it. I'm going to close with that. But what I'm going to open with is that um, I, I think I think these are hilarious, and I think people do it all the time. And like, here's another one. Um, welcome to the Hotel of California. Let's see you soon on a dark desert highway. Cool wind in my. Hair. By the way, the 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 1975 album um, Hotel California is probably better than you remember. Um, <laughs> I don't appreciate that. I heard you exhaled a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair, warm smell of colitas. Mm-hmm. Res- and that's kind of another colitis. That's like a double colitis. Well, but that's a, that's a pretty obscure word. I only know it from that song. I don't know. I've never heard that. You, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Colitas. What the hell does that mean? But my favorite one, which is actually, I haven't used it in a while, but an actual Twitter by bio for me. Do you know the ELO song, Can't Get It Out of My Head? I can't get it out of my head. You know that song? Mm, I know a song with that it's lyric, a, but Imagine not a three-chord, like, Beatles-style, dun gong gong. I know, Can't Get You Out of My Head, but it's different. It was midnight on the water, I found And then and he, <laughs> I swear to Christ, since I was nine, I swear to God, and he goes, <clears throat> Walking on a wave's chicane. <laughs> And I mean, chicane Google, is a do fancy a word. Do me, do me a goddamn favor, John Syracuse. I think now it's contested. Some people say that, that the great Jeff Lynn is saying, walking on a wave, I think, comma, she came. 
She but go search can't. for Walking on a Wave, C-H-I-C-A-N-E. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so weird, but chicane is such a uh, obscure word, you know? What does it, what does it mean? It's like a, a, uh, in a racetrack when there's like a swervy section, I think. You know who's terrible at this is John Roderick and uh, PUED. Um, just for what it's worth, you guys, I, I don't know if you like podcasts, but the, this, ep- this week's episode of Roderick on the Line is very quickly one of my favorites. We've been on a great run for months, honestly. It's good. I would tell you if it were bad. Um, this week's episode is very, very funny and involves a lot of very good John being a good sport uh, content. Uh, we'll put it into show notes. Um, but John does that all the time. You know, John, I think somewhat famously, Roderick, somewhat famously, he's written the song. They've come up with the song. They've got the arrangement. They might even have the tracks. And like my dear friend, Mike Coleman, um, Roderick has written some of his best songs, like sitting on the couch, the lyrics, sitting on the couch while people were doing other tracks. And he does it. I don't know if you listen to the music of the long winners, but he's constantly doing this in a way that I find delightful, like shapes, right? I don't know if you heard that song. Um, I'm counting on you to throw more than shapes. Like, I don't know if you know that song. I, I have, I have a, I'll let you continue, but I have a misheard uh, Long Winders lyric. Oh, uh, I can't uh, wait. But uh, he says, he, but it's on purpose. He goes, angels, Russians, where I fear to tread. Like mm-hmm. he's having fun with it. And I yeah, love no, that. I get it. I'm That's there. his finish room. Do you have a misheard sure. one? So uh, I I am not a I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of Long Winter's music, although I have seen him play live several times. Um, uh, the his biggest hit, obviously, not surprisingly, is one of the ones that I hear uh, a lot. Commander in my, thinks so loud. Yep, uh, that I hear a lot in my uh, collection. And here's the thing: what I always thought he was saying is not what he's saying. But the cool I, compartment I, part. But I wish he was saying what I thought he was saying. And so now I'm mad when okay, I either well, hear. Well, don't don't just give give me give me what's around it too. Uh, it's not, it's not really a, a Mondegreen because it's not like I'm mishearing the words. I'm omitting words. I don't know. Does that count as a Mondegreen if I'm leaving them out? Um, Charleston the Wrens does that a lot. Charleston the Wrens has a very, I, I mean, at first it will seem weird style of singing, but listen to a song like, something grand, you're in the world. Um, everyone choose sides or she sends kisses. He has such an unusual way of singing where he leaves off sort of parts of words and mm-hmm. replaces it with breaths. And it's freaking intoxicating. Yeah. What? So this is um, boys like and girls in cars. Right. right. So it is. I don't know if this is the proper word for it. I guess it's the outro. The crew compartments breaking up. Yep. And here's what I thought he said when I first heard that song. And I latched onto it. And I think it is a better lyric. I thought because he repeats that line many, many yes, times during absolutely. the outro. Right. Big, yeah. One of the cool parts of the song. Right. I thought he was saying crew compartment breaking up like you, you'd be communicating over the radio tersely oh right? like it would come over a crackly connection crew compartment crew compartment breaking, breaking up breaking leave up. off the article yeah no oh, the, i like and, that and no apostrophe s the crew I compartments believe... breaking but he's actually com- saying the no, no, no. crew compartments apostrophe s break you know standing for is breaking up but oh i like God. it so much better with crew compartment breaking up and so i just unhear i kind of like you unsee in that uh china Mieville thing i just unhear the and the apostrophe S, crew compartment breaking up. I would encourage him if he sings that song live, please leave off the the and the apostrophe S. That's really good. But he does that Charles up. thing too. There's somewhere, uh, last fall, I don't know if I survived. And he goes kind of like, I woke up still on fire. I don't listen to it much, so I'm not really familiar with it. Um, you know what's funny though is, and again, this I'm so sorry. I'm so up my own ass. I apologize. 
I like what I do. You know, you guys, I hope you like what you do. If you don't like what you do, like it more and be happy. I just, I like what I get to do. And one of the things I like is I get to do a podcast with John Roderick, who's so weird. But like before I was friends with John, I was a huge Long Winters fan just from the, on the basis of their first record. And then we became friends and, you know, anyway, this, this latest episode is a fun, I'm just going to say, this is one of those episodes, like almost like an inner, what do they call it on, um, Righteous Gemstones, an interlude. It's almost like a flashback episode because you get, there's so much payoff in this latest episode, but I was talking to my family and you'll hear this anecdote in the last act of the show about how I was listening to Blanket Hog from When I Pretend to Fall. <laughs> and by the way, when we're listening to the song, Madden and I both go, title line, she laughs when I pretend to fall. And we point at the screen like Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio. That, God, we're, that's we're pretend so cute. to fall. You should have done that, the whisper move instead of the DiCaprio. <laughs> Sitting that's next to your to day. Fall. That's pretend to fall. Um, but uh, we were listening to Blanket Hog, and I have to admit, it's it's uh, it's an unusual long winter song. I think in some ways, as I stipulated or as I s- suggested to John, I think in some ways, and where do you hear how that song was written? What Ken Stringfellow did with the piano on that? But I was talking about how, like, on the show that we recorded on Monday with John, um, and I was just saying, like, you know, I love Blanket Hog. It, I feel like it ends what I would think of as side one. And so here's how the song starts. Well, not how it starts, how the lyric starts. Do you believe it's day? And I swear to Christ, I have been singing, because it's about loving your girlfriend who steals the blankets. And John's struggling with the idea of trying to write in the same way that Sean Nelson did with Happiness Writes White. How do you write a song about being happy as as a grizzled rock and roller? And... Do you so? Do you believe it's day? And some, whenever I sing along, though, I always say, "Do you believe it's done?" And then it's important though because that lyric keeps coming back up. And if you listen to that amazing two-minute guitar blow up at the end, which shifts from mono to stereo, please listen to this episode. It, it gets repeated, mixed way down into the mix. You know what I'm talking about? Do you believe it's day? I've been listening to that song since 2003, and I still I've been singing it wrong the whole time. Well, you know, the singers, they mumble. That's the problem. You're saying they don't enunciate well? Yeah. What do you think about Bono? Is he a good enunciator? Uh, not great, but also your hearing's not great, so it's a double whammy there. Your hearing's not great. You know as good as Graham Parker. Graham Parker is a terrific enunciator. You can hear every little bit, like, oh, God. You guys, go listen to Squeezing Out Sparks, especially uh, the song um, Protection. My God, what an amazing album. But anyway, I mean, my family listened to the entire Long Winter's album. And we all sang along. We go, no, you are. No, you are. Anyway, I have nothing else good to say about that person. Quick, quick real-time follow-up. Uh, a chicane, just to be more precise, uh, is an obstacle or series of tight turns in opposite directions on a race course. And Colitas... Like the Nürburgring's wagon where, where Casey got his car? It might probably have some chicanes in it. And the Colitas, C-O-L-I-T-A... Colitas. ...is a plant that grows in the desert that blooms at night and has a kind of pungent, almost funky smell. So it does smell warm. Yeah. Huh. Huh. That's got a terrific guitar solo in it. And sure does. I, I spent a lot of my time for show notes, find the 1977 live performance of Hotel California. It's one of the 
extraordinary things in the world. See, I wasn't sure I liked Don Felder, especially because Don Felder's solo stuff didn't really grab me. The thing is, though, watch this video. Because I'm a Joe Walsh guy, right? I've always loved Joe Walsh. And I always assumed, the same way that I always, all the solos on Abbey Road that I like, uh, you know, on the end, I always assume are Paul McCartney. I think it's actually three people playing solos. But, you know, Paul, Paul did all the good solos. And in this instance, I always assume it's Joe Walsh, who I helped with his internet connection uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the 90s. Did you know that? I was, on, I was on a speakerphone call with Joe Walsh. I helped him fix his internet. That was nice of you. Yeah, he was right there in Florida. But um, that, then you get Don Felder does an amazing, he sets up an amazing, does an amazing solo. Then Joe Walsh does his solo. And they do a thing that we, we didn't invent this, but we in Bacon Ray call the twin guitar attack. So you think about your Judas Priest, you think about your Night Ranger, you think about your Thin Lizzy. When two guitarists are playing the same line like a fifth apart. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, think about the beginning of, what's the Iron Maiden song? Oh, Ace is High. Think about the beginning of Ace is High. Jim, drop in some Ace is High right here. Wasn't that good? That's a song about planes. A lot of uh, Iron Maiden songs are about historical events. Did you know that? Did not know that. I've even forgotten the name of the guy. What's the dude's name? The singer? No. The guy in the album cover with no skin. Eddie. E-D-D-Y? E-D-D-I-E? E-D-D-I-E. There you go, Eddie. <laughs> At least I knew he had a name. I've still got that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bruce Dickinson's always a good interview. That guy's interesting. He's not the original. Paul Dano was the original singer. Wait, no, it's Paul Dano the guy from that movie? What's his name? Don Dano? Who's the guy? Who's the, who's Paul Dano? What am I forgetting? Uh, Paul Dano is an actor. Did you ever have a metal phase at all? What's the closest you got to a metal phase? I did not have a metal phase. Hang on, hang on. The closest I got was watching like uh, the video. Don't be cute. What's, how did you, what's the close, you never liked any like Bon Jovi or anything like that? The closest I got to a metal phase is watching the popular videos from Metallica's, uh, uh, the, the album with Enter Sandman and One on it. Those videos are on MTV a lot and I would watch them. Yeah, you're talking about like, yeah, 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 yeah. Landmine. <laughs> Although I guess I guess actually maybe that's near true. Not true. Uh, my roommate was super duper into Ozzy and Randy Rhodes. My freshman year roommate. No kidding. In, wait, in, in Massachusetts. Yeah, he was super duper. So he into, would play like Blizzard of Oz. Uh, he, he was into their music the and, and <laughs> yes, exactly. And he was and he was a guitar player. He's the reason I picked up guitar. And no he's the reason, kidding, like, every, John. Every day I came guitar. home from tenth grade, I played my friend Rich Castamore's copy of Blizzard of Oz. Yeah, so that's, still that's play, probably play the closest. I right now if you want. I can still play the opening. I mean, I guess, you, I guess you'd call Ozzy. I guess you'd call that metal. I don't know. I don't know Paul D'Anno, D-I apostrophe Anno, uh, was the, uh, I believe, the original lead vocalist for... No, you mean uh, Paul Dano with one N, right? Well, see, that's the actor from the movie. But there's a yeah. Paul D'Anno, who was mm-hmm. the... He's the guy who sang on, like, Killers, I think, the original singer before Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson is kind of like the, the Henry Rollins of, of Iron Maiden. There was already a fully functioning band that a lot of people loved before he came along. Yeah, and then he transitioned to spoken word. Yes, absolutely. He and Jella Biafra do, uh, do slam poetry together in the East Bay now. That's not accurate. Let me, let me, let me circle back to this video just so Go we can put it Go as far as you bed. want, John. This, this show's a nightmare. I know, I know. I I know. So here, here's no, I know. I'm so into how this is falling apart. Here, here, here. The video, which we'll have in the show notes. The, the video starts uh, wisely by throwing a bunch of egg corns in your face. Sorry, just the... to be clear, this is the a YouTube video where somebody does um, a um, whistle stop tour or a like a, a quick tour of a bunch of these words that 
somebody's oops dawn. Yeah, that's the, that's the intro. The intro is a bunch of acorns, and they come up on screen with the, with the text on screen, so you can't mishear it. Okay, you can I'll, read I'll the, pull it up read, with no sound. And okay. here's what's challenging. It's a 20-minute video, practically, so there's tons of oh, stuff geez. in it. But, oh, they got chapters. I love that. Yeah, but just in the intro, I, I would challenge you to watch this video is like I know they're trying to like draw I, people. You know in what? With I've seen four, and I can already promise you, well, you're going to see so many things that you're saying. That's wrong. that's what I'm saying, All right? So I think they're doing that to try to be like, oh, it's enticing at the beginning. Let's have a quick cutting thing to get people hooked and yeah. interested they, in the well, video. You go and right? watch this. This is one of those videos you start watching, if I may say candidly, going like, I'm so smart. I am so smart. I am so smart. I know all these things. What do dumb people think? Oh, I'm laying down in the feeble position. Who says that? Uh-huh. It That's doesn't what pass you'll muster. do. And as you're watching this intro, they're going to get to one that you say wrong. And then you're going to be like, Without further ado, because they spelled a do wrong. This is good. Oh, yeah. this is good. John, this is important. Did they mention the word finish in here at all? They did not. That, that's, just, that's just you making a joke slash mishearing me. I don't think it is. I, I think your yeah. love of smashing vowels together has become a problem for you and your family. <laughs> I know. I'm I, I, pronouncing them distinctly. You're smashing them together. I do that? You've got two halves of coconut and you're banging them together. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look at the, see the violence in here in the system? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did you us? <laughs> I own um, a holy grail, just so you know. This the thing has really just infected in my mind because no one can tell me they're 37 without without like me stopping myself from saying the next Is that line. Dennis? Is that his name? 37. Yeah. Or and it's not Dennis goes, Moore. That's one of the best comedy times. Old time. man. I, or like, did you say old woman? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I believe. <laughs> do the bit. Just do the bit. I, I, all right. So, I so Arthur, to... played by Graham Chapman, is walking along and, and instead of having a horse, there's somebody smashing coconuts together. So it sounds like he's riding a horse. I, I, the, I think there's probably a word for comedy for doing this in comedy, but it, this is one of the first times I remember seeing it. The the Ar, the King Arthur person says, uh, "Old man, can you tell me the way to whatever?" Like he I has, think a, he has an a, old woman. Does he say old yeah, woman? Old woman. Old woman. He says, "Man." All right, but anyway, we're not doing that part. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he, he's got a question. I believe he has a question for him. He says, "He uh, wants oh, to know if you've seen the Grail." Yeah, or whatever. Whatever. He he has a line. He has something like, "Oh, tell me about the whatever, whatever." Right, and, and he thought rather, they were an anarcho syndicalist. Yeah, and 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 rather than answering the question, the guy is still stuck on the fact that he was addressed as old woman, and he leaves off man. the word "its." So he he just goes like he doesn't go, "You're wrong." I'm thirty. He just goes, "I'm thirty-seven." He goes, "I'm thirty-seven." He says, "What?" The other guy says, "What?" He says, "I'm thirty-seven. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not old." old. But that whole comedy thing of like of, of one person has moved on fit. in the scene, but the previous person is stuck on it and they throw the thing back and it works oh, so well. Oh, God, now I have to watch it. Smack us all. I have a box set, uh, not Blu-ray, but a DVD box set, and it came with little plastic toy cows and a little lever that you can shoot the cows. Pitcher lavage? I mean, that really helped me in my French class if I ever didn't know the French word to cow. Like, that's I just am. one of the ones I wasn't going to oh, forget. Oh, I do, I, do, I do a lot of that. That's, you know, that's a delightful movie. It's only a bottle. Yeah. My God, you know what, John? I'm sorry. I'm doing just doing bits, but my Christ, when I was f- 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 14, I want to say 14, but it might have been 15. My friend Todd, who had HBO and a VCR, it was a very troubled home, but he did have HBO and a VCR. This is where I saw, this is not for you, John, it's This is where I first saw Conan the Bar- Barbarian. What is good? It, this is where I first saw. You misquoted that on, on Roderick too. No, you I did. Gotta go rewatch that. Put the it limitations of their women. That was him. Not no, me. it's not what is good. It's what is good in life, right? Oh, what is best in life? What is best? In, you you're making the, me you forget. Go behind the scenes stuff where David Prowse is just talking and he doesn't know it's going to be replaced. Mm-hmm. By James <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe yeah, it's right. what is, yeah, what is yeah. Best in life. This is not a. This is, 
<laughs> no, like, like um, Marlon Brando. This is not a diplomatic mission. Yeah. What is best in life? Yeah. It's not what is good. What's good I, is I what, think pe- it's what, the what drive. people say to each other now. Okay, I'm like, going to try it. I'm going to try it. What You say, what is good? And people are like, huh? And then he goes, he goes, what is good? And he says, and then and Conan or somebody says, uh, to drive your enemies before no, you're, you. You're already off. Just sh- I don't care. Let me finish. <laughs> you care. It's a Finnish room. <laughs> <laughs> um, to drive your enemies before you to something or other, and then to hear the lamentations of their women. Now, now give, me the, give me the correct reading. To crush this is what we're talking about from 1982. Yeah. To crush your enemies, see them <sighs> driven before you, and to hear the lamentations, plural, of their women. I got it really close. I mean, sure, yeah, okay. And on top of it all, of course, I probably off of HBO because nobody we didn't nobody bought my house father at military school bought beta cassettes in 1979, and they were a hundred dollars. We had to take up a collection to buy the sound of music. It was one hundred dollars to get a Betamax of that in 1979. We weren't buying these in the 80s. We were recording Star Wars off of HBO like everybody else. And Todd had a copy of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And just just for you to fully appreciate this, my well, she became my girlfriend. My girlfriend and Todd, my 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 well, my my girlfriend and Todd had gotten really into Holy Grail maybe two months before I met her and we started seeing each other. So I came in late. I had to sit there on the filthy couch with, with the drunk dad and watch watch uh holy grail with them going me me and, and like doing all the things and like but oh my god it's starting with the i'm sorry you i'm just i'm you know what i'm open to love and life the credits the goddamn credits the mm-hmm. subtitles the person who did the subtitles has been sacked a moose bit my sister once mm-hmm. jesus christ it's got to be up there with in England, it might be Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know. But something where you're like, like, I love Good Omens. But the whole time we watched two seasons of Good Omens, I just kept saying to Billy, you've read Hitchhiker's Guide. Do you get how much this is like what we love about Hitchhiker's Guide? Yeah, Ter- Terry Pratchett and, and Douglas Adams are very, they're, they make a good pair. Well, you know what? On Sunday, on the way to get the baby, I wanted to pick up some books to give the baby. And you know what Billy got? Because I've, I've been telling him, like, you know, there's this whole thing. There's like 50 books. Right? So he got guards, guards. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's the f- one people I think recommend starting with for Discworld. Did you ever read them? I'd read a whole bunch of them. I don't even know that one. Are they are they good? It's good, right? People love it. Dan Morin likes it. Yeah, right? no, my, my son has read like 11 of them. I, I've only read maybe like six. He's reading like three books right now. He's reading Les Mis. No, sorry. He's reading, reading Les Miserables by Victor Hugo mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. his friend is reading it. So he's, re- he's reading that. We didn't get good omens. We did get guards, guards. And I also brought home a copy of Moby Dick. Uh, but, you know, it's just funny. Like, what a foundational text for nerds in America. What a foundational text Monty Python was. And like Doctor Who, I'm just going to speak freely for a second here. Doctor Who and uh, Monty Python, for me, are both very, like, PBS-adjacent phenomena. I'm not trying to like do a whole thing here. This isn't one of those like VH1 shows, but there was no videotapes of this stuff. Saturday night, it would say at nine o'clock from nine to 12, there was a big white block that said Doctor Who. No explanation of what the episodes are going to be. It was usually two episodes on a Saturday night. And because they were trying to kill us, it might be not only were they discontiguous, not only were they not in the right order, they might be completely different doctors. Luckily, they were almost always four, because that was my guy. 
But like that's that's how I first saw the one where they go to the, go to Paris with uh with you know John Cleese and Eleanor Braun. But like it wasn't it was part of it was the scarcity of that of like I'm not sure what this is, but there's no way I'm going to watch anything else right now other than Doctor Who or in this instance like something like if I have access to Holy Grail, I'm going to stop everything and watch it for years. What's your what's your foundational text for that? Like you're like, and don't be cute about it, and don't try to impress your dumb friends from engineering school. Like, what's a dorky thing that you got super into that you now see as that you still think is funny that like made you partly who you are? My friends from engineering school are all very smart. Uh, before I answer your question, I do have to wow, have a correction. Flex. I do have to have a you, correction. You do have to. You do have to do that. Yeah, I do. I do have to give a correction because otherwise we'll get the feedback. The Conan <sighs> the Barbarian thing is kind of like the commander thinks oh, aloud. Oh my! You say it's like the command line. The commander thinks aloud. It's like that. Where I wanted. The, why I wanted the song to omit words, but it doesn't. The actual line in the movie omits words that were not in what I read. First of all, singular lamentation, not plural. But second, I'll I'll put the link in the show notes. Just watch how Conan delivers this. Okay. It, he leaves out some connecting words that people put back in when they make memes and when they when you say get, Conan, you're talking about the actor Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. Yes. You're saying he had some kind of a mix em up with the language that we call English? I think he's doing fine, but I think when people want to put it on a meme or a T-shirt or a Google result, which is what I read before when I read the wrong yes. thing, I trusted yes. Google. I you did, see, you blew it. You I screwed trust up. but verify, so I have verified. That's what I, Reagan said. Yeah, verified by watching the video. Anyway, uh, foundational uh, comedy text. I mean, I, it really was Holy Grail because I was watching the same HBO things. There was a couple other ones that are in the mix there. Weird right. science, kind of like the Brat Packy crappy. You know, that's um, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, like where they, where they make Kelly Brock. Exactly. Like, because obviously, I know for some people, it's uh, what are you looking at? Dick Nose? Which one's that? Um, with um, Val Kilmer. Uh, Real Genius. Yeah. That's a funny, that's still yeah, a that funny. Yeah, that was in there too. Uh, but there yeah, was a yeah, lot, yeah. like, the, like, quote, like, when you and your pals were goofing around when you were 15, what movies would you quote a lot? I mean, definitely Holy Grail. Um, it's Ghost only a Bu- flash Ghostbusters wound. was also big because that was kind of, I was younger than you when Ghostbusters Can I give you my came favorite out. line from Ghostbusters? Uh, a line from Ghostbusters? My favorite. Um, yes, it's, it's true. It's, this man has no dick. That's that's the line so, I was about to give you. Yeah, I mean, so it's, there's so much. But the pause, the pause is critical. Bill Murray says, it's true. This man has no dick. God, I love that actor, William. <laughs> Just a series of extremely problematic movies. <laughs> that, oh, and then, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd gets the beach. That's from an old version of the script that he insisted. He insists the ghost beach stays. Right. I listened to the Would you that down as a title, yeah, please? The, ghost the, the ghost beach stays in the picture. I remember watching that. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> was I getting a beach from a ghost? <laughs> you bet your ass I was. It's just a straight line from there to Skull Vodka. 